1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Garden State of Hockey podcast. Hello, John. Hi, Dan. How you doing? I'm not happy, Dan. Really? Because I actually wanted to start this off a different way. I'm actually, you know, Thanksgiving is, uh, it's only a month away. It's right around the corner. We're feeling thankful. Um, We're starting to think about feeling thankful at the very least. And I can tell you one thing I'm certainly thankful for, John. You know what I'm thankful for?
0: That you're not, Lindy Ruff.
1: No, no, no. It's even better than that. I'm thankful that I actually had uh, plans throughout these first two Devils games in their entirety, so I didn't have to watch the continuation of the garbage that was last season, because I've already watched many games like that, and I didn't want to see two more of them, but that's exactly what we got. Because I did not watch a single second of these games, but boy, oh boy, watching back the highlights, reading back everything that I read, I'm just thankful, John. I'm thankful that I didn't have to stew on this live and could just be mad about it afterwards with everyone else.
0: Well, you see, Dan, I had the exact opposite uh, situation. I I got to see every second of both of those games. I, in Mm -hmm. fact, attended the home opener Mm -hmm. as I am a season ticket holder. I got the privilege to pay for parking in newark and i got the privilege to pay for concessions admittedly i should not be eating but that's that's (laughs) a sidebar that's okay uh but i needed it because i got to witness let's see in game one we got the lindy rough special of two quick goals allowed Uh, No reaction to the first goal allowed. So let's uh, let's allow another one, you know, in back succession, uh, which all but doomed the Devils to lose their first game in Philadelphia. And then I got to witness four goals allowed in the second period, turning uh, a one nothing um, lead going into the first to a fire Lindy chance starting the third period.
1: It it was really impressive that during the introductions, we already had a, a significant enough presence that he was surprised by the fans booing him. I didn't yeah. get where the surprise is coming from. There yeah. have been 46 wins in two years. Um, if you're surprised by this, I, I don't know, maybe figure out why there's so few wins and why you might be being booed. The lack of success might be a huge factor. The repeated, where do we start? Like it, it's okay. hard to think about where to start because so much of this conversation is going to sound like so much of last year, and I—it's right. hard for me to muster up the energy to do that again.
0: Well, I've got plenty of energy, uh-huh. So, so if you don't mind, um, no, no, go for it. I'm going to go for it. The so floor as, is yours, as, as you've put it, and others on on the site. The people who mattered, it, The people who have mattered. Some of them have said the right fr- piffy piffy phrase for this. Piffy. It's a nice, good word. It's nothing that I am. Um, is that the Devils did not play the first and second games of the 2022-23 season. They played the 83rd and 84th games of the 2021-22 season. All the issues that the Devils were plagued with, that every commentator, both within the Devils fan base and outside of the fan base, the pundits, the bean counters, the boys and girls upstairs, you know, everyone and their mother knew what the problems were with last season's team. The goaltending was terrible. There were too many defensive lapses, which exasperated the bad goaltending. The special teams was not good for at least half of it. And the team wasn't well coached enough to make up the deficiencies or mitigate them. And they certainly couldn't score enough goals to make up for those other four issues I just mentioned. And Dan, we were told, I was told at least, because I've been criticized. I've been commented. I've been told about how I've been too negative, too cynical too pessimistic to say things like, you know, I got to believe that this team's got to win some games before, you know, I can start believing that maybe they can win some games. They got to actually do it now. You know, I'm tired of the, you know, the hope I'm tired of the optimism. I'm tired of seeing Tom Fitzgerald general manager of the team make acquisitions, make trades, make moves that I write that they're good. You say they're good. The people who matter say they're good trades. They like them. And then when you get to the actual performance of a game that counts, you completely crap your pants. <sighs> and, and, that, and Dan, that's exactly what happened in their home opener and in their season opener against a Philadelphia team that everyone – you know how bad the Philadelphia Flyers are expected to be, Dan?
1: Oh, yeah, extremely.
0: Before, before the game, ESPN Plus um, you know, uh, showed off some of John Tortorella's pregame speech, I'm sure only the clean parts. Yeah. Um, and, and John Tortorella said, quote – it doesn't matter how many wins or losses we get. It matters that we we follow the processes that we're supposed to do and do the details. And if we win, great. If not, this is how we're going to get better. We literally have a head coach saying, it doesn't matter if we win a game and that team won five to two. Yeah. You got a Detroit team that didn't make the playoffs last season. And it's unclear whether or not they got the goods to do it this season. You know, they got a brand new head coach. Um, you know, they, you know, it, it remains to be seen how, how quality of a team they did. They did play the prior night, and Huso, I believe, to get, did get a shot. And the Devils threw everything under the sun against them. They, they put up maybe their best offensive performance, you know, between the last two seasons in terms of expected goals. Mm-hmm. But expected goals don't count when you only get two actual goals. And Vitek Vanacek and the, um, the the supposedly improved defense ships five Goals in regulation, not empty netters. Then, no empty netters. No Philly had an empty netter, no empty netters for Detroit. Five goals to the Detroit Red Wings. Like, so, so, so Tom Fitzgerald's third attempt at fixing the goaltending has already shown to be an early bust. It's an eight oh three like,
1: save percentage. Like, what their save percentage in five on five play is what their save percentage should probably be on penalty shots. Like, what? Yeah, it doesn't make any. How? But I don't understand it, it, it's exactly
0: more... what's causing this. It's nobody. This one... Everybody fails, and and it wasn't this way in preseason. Two less than mm-hmm. two weeks ago, Dan
1: mm-hmm.
0: preseason games. And I understand it's preseason. Okay, not everybody's playing one hundred percent. The rosters are going to change from game to game. I get it. Okay, it's preseason, but preseason you need. And I'm hoping NHL teams, maybe some of them actually do this because we know Lindy Ruff certainly doesn't do this. They need to approach preseason the same way NFL teams do their preseasons. It's less about. You know, the results, but it's more about making sure everybody understands what formations are we going to be running? Uh-huh. What concepts are we going to be doing? Yeah, we're going to hide the playbook a little bit, but let's do get everybody on the same page with respect to protection schemes and running routes and, you know, zone coverages. Basically, get your team at least prepared to run, you know, systems that you intend to play when the games count. And the Devils, their goaltending was excellent in preseason, barring one game against the Islanders. Their defensive systems were less catastrophic. The power play wasn't a one-three-one statue uh, formation like Mark Recchi. They actually rotated a little bit. There was some movement, Dan. there was some, the bumper was even used a couple times. Um, none of those things happened in Philadelphia. None of those things happened in Detroit. It was almost as if Lindy Ruff saw what happened in preseason and said, "Yeah, that's cool, dude, but I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. We're going to do it just like we did last season." And, hey, this may shock you, Dan, the team that had their, one of their worst seasons in 30 years last season looked terrible. <laughs> Despite out and out XGing the other team, you completely shoot yourself in the foot in the process.
1: Yeah, it's it's just so demoralizing again though. You could see the moment that everything deflated. Everyone is riding high after Holtz's first career goal, the first yep. goal of the season just a opening things up. A power play goal. A power play goal. Things are looking good. And not even it's 10 seconds. How? Yep. How is it even possible that Blackwood well, gives Black, up a terrible read? Awful. Awful rebound, bad rebound control. But again, you just saw as they skate towards that one, they're like, not again. Not again. Can we not get a single save from the back end? But also, I don't understand why no goalie has been at all successful. I, I just don't know why they're all monsters level zapped of their powers the second they wear a Devil's jersey in that crease. Are we paying with an actual 20-year curse after 20 years of success through Martin Brodeur? Is that what it has come down to? Because anyone you put in there goes from, uh, I think CJ was describing this uh, probably on Twitter, but he said, Eh. good goalies go bad, bad goalies get worse, and worse goalies are horrible. It's kind of like, where is all this going? And why is it that this system causes the goaltending play to decline so much?
0: Well, I think CJ is mistaken because I know what you're referring to. He, he's trying to find he, – he's lurking under the searchlight for things that aren't under the searchlight, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. But that statistical uh, criticism aside, um, I actually don't believe that, Dan, because okay. there are goalies who do – get better in certain systems there are goalies who have improved like there's a lot of volatility in goaltending and that makes it a nightmare to predict you know if a goaltender is legit or not you know it's almost as if you sneeze the wrong way and you know um you know the goalie some suddenly turns into a pumpkin and then you sneeze again and then they go back to being a regular goalie um but the harsh reality is that you know lindy's systems you know, and because, again, he got a brand new staff, you know, Ryan McNeil, new defensive coach, Andrew Burnett, new power play guy. You got Sergei Breeland, you know, in, in practices and and calling things from eye in the sky. You got changes on the staff. And yet oh, the, the one are,
1: didn't change.
0: Well, yeah, goaltending, yeah. goaltending. It, that's that's part. <laughs> that's part of it is that for some inexplicable reason, Dave Rogalski was able to keep his job after last season's debacle. But the reality even the season before it was bad. But but here's the thing: on most of the goals allowed out of the nine goals against a goaltender, these first two games, which Mm -hmm. in and itself is a problem, you will see. You know, if you watch the replay, if you dare watch the replays, there's not a lot of contesting going on. There are, you know, Morgan Frost's goal that would be the second half of the Lindy special Mm -hmm. in in that game. John Marino was covering air on the play. Yeah. Like he he was, he was in a position where somebody must've told him that's where you need to stand, but he wasn't aware that that was not what the situation called for. And this is John Marino. Dave. And that's the only goal that's He's, been scored with him on the ice. Yeah. And more by importantly, the way. though, more importantly, though, this is an experienced guy who's played for several seasons, played in Pittsburgh. He knows how to play defense, Dan. So well, why like is I said, a position. Gee, I have a feeling the coach may have a reason to do that as opposed to John Marino turning into a pumpkin Mm -hmm. or Mackenzie Blackwood, who honestly was just like held out to dry on the play. Yeah. You know, I mean, but that's a big reason why the goaltending seems to be worse in New Jersey is because the defensive mishaps, whether it's in positioning, whether it's in decision-making like David Severson or Ryan Graves is, I don't know what in the hell he's doing on these first two games. He's been terrible. Um, It just adds to the problem. It it forces, it makes, it makes the situation mean that if your goaltender's name, Igor Shesterkin, you're probably fine. But if his name is not Igor Shesterkin, you're not going to be fine. And guess what, Dan, neither Vitek Vanacek or Mackenzie Blackwood are named Igor Shesterkin yeah but
1: is it reasonable then to say something along the lines of the goalies kind of lose confidence because they're in these situations where the coverage lapses all the time oh, because absolutely. i don't even know if that's true though it's not like they're allowing
0: tons of high danger chances they're no. really not getting saves no it, it, you're, you're right look that's that's what i'm trying to i'm maybe the best way i can sum this up then is that a lot of people are looking at this to be an either or problem it's i'm going to yeah. I'm going to gently suggest it's an and yeah. like they, these are two things that go hand in hand. Um, it, it's a concept in statistics called a confounding factor. And it's a real pain to deal with because in a perfect world, you could separate everything out and say, well, it must be this problem. And if you fix that, everything gets better. That's not how life works, though. and yeah. Definitely not in hockey. So you're right. The devil's XGA and the number of high danger chances allowed is quite good from a whole whole, you know, a whole perspective. But once again, we need to consider context here and the harsh reality that if you give a team a high danger chance and it's way better than it implies, because high danger really just means shot location. It doesn't mean, are you contested? Um, Is the puck on your forehand or your backhand? Is the goalie ready for your shot or are they just reacting and hoping to, you know, stop it with their body as they fling it in the direction they need to fling it in. You know, there's a whole bunch of other factors that go into whether or not you ha- your scoring chances is better than not. Um, and that's one of the flaws of X- XG models in general. That's also a soccer issue. It's also a basketball issue and so forth. Um, so, so the best way I can say is that, yeah, the devils as a whole seem to be fine defensively, but when they fail, they fail miserably it's these moments
1: again. It's again, when it, when it rains, it pours for this team and they can have 20 to 25 minute stretches of good hockey, just good looking stuff where they just happen not to finish, which is a whole other issue. Um, But then it's those two, three minute stretches where everything falls apart all at once that I'm just so baffled by it, but it is, That to me is where I would say more on your side of, yes, this is a coach thing now. Like I, I hesitate to call the players mentally soft for this because they've been through so much of this at this point, that it would be hard for anyone to keep doing that. But man, it's up to the coach to inspire some level of confidence. It's up to someone to change things. And again, they completely, another thing that we didn't really talk about was that the lines in preseason that gave them success. They weren't the ones being run in the games. No. I don't know where that went. No, Lindy Why? Ruff. Re-
0: Lindy Ruff bizarrely rewarded Alexander Holt scoring his first goal in Philadelphia by setting him to the fourth line. Why he plays Michael McClod. He dresses Michael McClod for the Detroit game and gives him just four minutes and thirty seconds. Like Jack Hughes was and Nico Heisher, who just came back from an injury, by the way, mm-hmm. and, and Eric Kala are now double shifting. You're running three centers outside of like a penalty kill and maybe an occasional you know, right-sided face off. Like, yeah. Like you're, you're not good enough. Like I'm not worried so much about the offense because they have been taking lots of shots. And yeah, I understand they were a little bit too much on the perimeter in the Philly game, but in the Detroit game, Dan, their XG of 3.6 is higher than anything they put out last season. Mm -hmm. It's among the highest in the league so far this season, they generated 16 high danger chances against detroit Uh, look yes it's it's a bummer that they didn't finish it's it's sad but here's the thing if you're creating these types of opportunities you're eventually going to score a whole lot of goals and it's gonna be great it's it's hard to do all this work and not get the results i mean yeah i'm not so worried about it the power play i'm worried about because it's the same damn system from last season that we know failed but hey the devils are getting opportunities you know, Carter Hart and Alex Nedeljkovic have played very well in those games. And, you know, yeah, it would have been nice if Eric Holla lifted a puck over over the leg here and there. Maybe it would be nice if he didn't hit the post. I get it. But here's the thing. You know, the offensive, the offensive side of things, they're at least creating and attacking and and getting to, you know, they even improved on getting to the tough spaces as, as many have demanded. Um, but the reality is that, you know, if you're shipping five goals, you you need your offense to score six to win that's hard yeah that's really really hard even if you have you know even if you're the colorado avalanche or the tampa bay lightning or yeah, yeah. A, a insert a high offensive team here well you just said to score six goals the expected goals is one of the highest
1: all season right and that's not anywhere near six so no
0: yeah they did they underperform yeah they got only two but guess what you know Miles Wood got a goal. Good for him. Dougie Hamilton got a fortunate one through traffic from like for the blue line. Cool. But you keep trying, you keep, you keep creating opportunities. You'll get there. But the problem, as you said, is that when you have a defensive failure, it's not a little failure. It's a big one. And your goaltender is getting torched. Then it doesn't matter if you're finishing well or not, because you're still going to lose the game. If the devil's lost five, four to Detroit, maybe there wouldn't have been a fire Lindy chant, but you're still sitting at zero and two and you're still sitting there going, this defense was supposed to be better and it's not the goaltending was supposed to be better and it's not. So what else has to change here? And it goes back to something I wrote during the, the uh, multi-part preview for all about the Jersey that Tom Fitzgerald has tied himself to two anchors. Dan, do you remember who those anchors are named? Oh,
1: the two anchors that he's tied himself to. Yeah. I mentioned their name. Yeah. Lindy Lindy Ruff is one. And then, oh man,
0: it's Blackwood. It's Blackwood because that's been the only that's out of the right. last three seasons. There haven't been a lot of constants of problems. Like yeah, Jack Hughes has been on the team. has been on the team. just yeah. the team, but they're not the problems. They're not no, the problems at all. No. Oh, but P.S. Lindy Ruff needs to play Jasper Brada a lot more than he has been, oh, well, and not run also, away from questions. But nevertheless,
1: it's another we, process over results thing too with Hughes to start the season. At least I'm not worried about him per no. se, but. Uh, just for Brad has three points already.
0: We gotta let, let's get moving, boys. Well, Hughes has been stealing pucks to the point where the camera can't keep up with him sometimes. Yeah. So, I mean, he's putting in the work. He's this he's driving the play. If you want to talk about forward who are underperforming, well, you know, Andrej Palat's not a six million dollar player at the moment. <laughs> um, you know, Jaeger Sharangovich looks lost, but of course, you know, he'll, he'll, find his way. The, he'll find his way. Tatar carried on from his good preseason into not having a good two game so far. Um McLeod has been awful. Bastion really hasn't been much of a factor. Miles Wood was a total. He took this maybe one of the stupidest penalties I've ever seen in the Philly game where he he's chasing down a dump puck and hooks a defenseman. Mm-hmm. This is before the end of the second period. And uh, by the way, that's the uh, goal. That, that was the situation that led to the power play goal that Travis Konechny scored that made it for one at the time. I ben swear that guy scores
1: game. every game against the Devils.
0: Well, nevertheless, Miles Wood takes a really stupid penalty, then complains, I'm sick and tired of losing. It's like, bro, you need to fix yourself. And, of course, he starts the Detroit game with a stupid penalty. But he scored a goal. He so at did. Least he, he can at least say, I contributed. And for that, I am not going to include him on this list of guys who are not doing the job here. But mm-hmm. I'm more unhappy with the, you know, Graves, Severson. Um, I'm, I'm very confused at, you know. Brendan Smith seems to be playing like exactly how he's supposed to be. He throws lots of hard hits and stuff and makes people go woo. But, you know, positionally, you know, he's a third pairing defenseman for a reason. Well,
1: apparently he has a lot of scoring chances
0: too, though. Well, he's been jumping up on the play. And that's, again, part of rough system. He wants yeah. the defenseman to activate, which means guys like Graves and Smith who, you know, with all due respect should not be shooting the puck all that often, but they do. And Hey, if they're getting in a good spots, let them shoot. I don't, I don't care if you're a defenseman or a forward, if you're in a good spot to shoot, go shoot, you mm-hmm. know, simple as, but again, it's the defensive coverages that are completely out of whack. Um, And the goaltending Blackwood and Vanacek were just not good. Like I, I like it's simple as, and, and it's especially frustrating. Cause again, and it's why I said Blackwood is an anchor because we, you know, Fitzgerald has tried to get another goalie to support his guy, Mackenzie Blackwood and more and more are starting to come to the realization that maybe Matt, part of the problem is that you think Blackwood is your guy.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think he's the guy. I'm just going to go out on the limb and say it.
0: Well, he's even if you want to believe he can be the guy, he certainly isn't doing it. And at some point you got to be able to say, look, he hasn't been able to do it for what, you know, I understand injuries have come into play here, but if he hasn't done it for the better part of the last three seasons, he's probably not the guy guy. So, so how long does
1: this go on? How long um, until we see some sort of, I don't want to say meaningful change. We don't know if the change will actually end up meaningful, but
0: significant change. Well, the fact that Miles My- Wood said he was sick and tired of losing after the first game of the season. Yeah. And Nico Heischer after the second game. Um... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. After, I'm sorry, I blanked out for a moment. For the second game, Nico, he talking about how, you know, we're, we're just not doing the job. We're not covering things properly. We don't understand what we're doing sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like these are concerning things to hear just two games into the season. Now, and it goes back to what I said at the very beginning is that I think for the players, a lot of them really do feel that this is not game one and game two. This is game 83 and game 84. Mm-hmm. You know, it's despite all the changes Fitzgerald has tried to make, it's more of the same stuff, different day. You know, it's not about grit. It's not about heart. I mean, in the Detroit game, Dawson Mercer beefed with a guy and almost got into a fight like Thomas Tatar and Boyd took stupid physical penalties. Bratt, you know, and Hughes have been charging the net all night long. Like, mm-hmm. don't tell me that this team doesn't have, you know, the toughness because that's not what it is. It's they don't have the goal inning and they don't have the defensive positioning and they don't have, you know, they're not finishing their chances to make up for the other two issues. But going back to the larger point here is how long does this last? Well, Sportsnet's uh, podcast, the 32 Thoughts podcast with Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick, opened with Lindy Ruff's future. J- Sean Gentile at the Athletic said, you know, Ruff's on the hottest seat in the league right now. Um, if things do not get better real fast, then we could have a new coach by Halloween, never mind Thanksgiving.
1: I mean, yeah, that seat's not even the it's being actively warned by the sheer. Difference in title between Andrew Burnett and the other assistant yeah. coaches, where he's an associate coach and they're all assistant coaches. Yeah, the writing's on the wall, but
0: yeah, the uh, writing- why the- wait? Why wait? And that's the thing again. And this is a point that Friedman made: is that you know typically, and this is true in other sports too. Like, if the assistants or the staff for the head coach change, and you hire somebody with head coaching experience, especially somebody with great experience like Burnett. Um. You know, it's almost like you're setting. it's you're almost saying it's put up or shut up time head coach and the leash is going to be short. But to your point, Dan, why? Why sacrifice, you know, possibly eight games, nine games before you decide to do what you should have done at the end of last season?
1: How long are you willing to get embarrassed? How patient do you think this fan base is? Because it's going to eventually start like. I'm saying this as someone who has been a fan my entire life, not watching these first two games, I felt like I missed nothing. Reading the recap, I felt like I didn't need to see them to know exactly what they look like. And I was right. So... How long is someone willing to tolerate that? You know, some more than others, but eventually you have to do something. It's just it, especially when the rivals in the area are just going to be consistently better than you. It, it's just bad for business. Then, even if we're talking from that perspective, do
0: something. Exactly, and and this this is why I've said that rough is an anchor, because again, you. Bring in veteran forwards. I mean, Andres Pulat was si- you know, signed to that big contract for playoff, per- you know, playoff pedigree, Dan, as if that's was the thing the Devils were missing. Yeah. Um, you know, they brought in John Marino as another guy to replace a young Ty Smith. You know, they brought in Vanacek, who's been in the league for a couple seasons. You know, they bring in Brendan Smith, who's been in the league for quite a few seasons. Um, this is in addition to everybody else getting a little older. And, you know, you already had Dougie Hamilton, Ryan Graves. Um, who've been in the league with other teams for several seasons. Oh, and Tatar as well. And Oh, Andreas Johnson, who is now exiled to Utica. Um, Like you can't tell me they don't have experience. You can't tell me they don't have the skill sets to be at least much better than they have been. And the fact that they're not really points to, well, what are you doing head coach? How are you preparing these guys to play? What are you going to change when things aren't working other than just the lines? And what are you going to do to do things? Your, your point about the patience of the fans are really interesting one, Dan, because again, I attended the home hobo, uh, the home opener. Yeah, they booed Lindy Ruff at the announcements, Dan, mm-hmm. but they cheered the players with a mixed reaction for Michael McLeod. But yeah, never mind. And Jonathan Bernier showed up in uniform, which was weird. Wow. but the, but the fans were happy because I'm Andrew Green was there. <laughs> They gave him a big, they gave him a big thank you. You know, Andy chant, you know, he loved it. He looked very maroon in his suit, but uh, he was very happy. The fans were happy to start the game. They were cheering for blocks. They were cheering for clearances for that early miles wood penalty kill. They cheered really loud for Hamilton's goal. You know, they were excited. They applauded at the end of the first period, Dan, this is not a fan base that is demanding a, Stanley Cup or nothing here. This is not Toronto where, you know, everything's micro, you know, under a big microscope and you're being criticized if you sneeze the wrong way. Like, you know, that we're not a fan base. that's like itching to say, I don't care if we win 70 games in the season, we got to win a playoff series. We got to win a Stanley Cup now. No, the Devils fans just want to see a winning hockey team sometimes, (laughs) you know, a team that can actually compete for something here. They have um, maybe one the good playoffs.
1: season in a decade. In exactly. A decade.
0: I'm going to turn 40 in April. And I was telling somebody this at the game in my entire thirties, despite all the upheaval in my personal life, good and bad, the devils have only made the playoff one time in a league where half of the teams make the playoffs. That's this is this is this is we're, we're beyond the point of all oh, you just need to get talent all oh, you just need to rebuild. No, I mean, it's, it's not even that. And it's coaching. They haven't been close. <laughs> exactly. And that's why the fans are so upset. And this is what Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick and other media people are going on about. Oh, they're booing rough early. You know, I understand it's rough. And, and you know, they're they're giving the same broad you know, trying to defend the coach here. And I'm just thinking, guys, this isn't just over two games. This is over the last two seasons plus these two games. This is over a decade of frustration. You can only convince people to go along with a rebuild for so long here. And, you know, we will, we're going to, if things don't get better, we're going to see the same thing happen that we saw last season and the season before that. And the season before that people will lose interest. There will be a lot more free seats at the game. Uh, Mm -hmm. There will be a lot more opportunities to hang out in seats that you don't own because they're not going to be filled and interest in the team's going to wane because the team's no good. And, you got to get wins. And Lindy Ruff, is part of his job is to coach a team to get those wins, even if he's not on the ice to do the things that the Devils are not doing well enough to get those wins.
1: For for one reason or another, I wasn't able to watch the last couple of games last season as well, but honestly, I got the same exact feeling reading about these as I did about those, and it kind of made me sick. It, it really is just miserable to know that they did the exact same things. And I'm hoping that that changes sooner rather than later. Um, I'm hoping that this fuel and motivation, it seems things certainly seem more urgent this year. I would say, I think there is certainly an urgency about the team, even if the results aren't happening yet on the ice. Uh, I think there is a level of, we understand that we don't get any more shots after this. So we'll see where it goes, I guess. Right.
0: And to that end, Dan, let's talk about the week coming up. Sure. So next week is when the schedule really gets challenging on paper Mm -hmm. because the devil's already lost to a expected to be bad Philadelphia Flyers team and possibly a non-playoff team in Detroit. We can't take any game for, for granted, but it gets much harder after this week because this week, on Tuesday, they will be hosting Anaheim. Anaheim got waxed by the Islanders mm-hmm. over the weekend, seven to one. They're gonna, they're, it, we're recording this on Monday, so they're gonna be playing in the world's most overrated arena tonight. So the Devils will be going against another potential non-playoff team, who has played the night before. Mm-hmm. All signs point to you should do well against this one. Uh huh. We shall see if they do yeah. on Thursday, we get to have another ESPN plus slash Hulu exclusive at the UBS arena. As the devils will visit the Islanders, celebrating a 50th anniversary. The devils have yet to get a point in UBS Arena, albeit they've only played two games there, but the Islanders pretty much owned the Devils last season. The Devils only beat them once. And the Devils have also been uniquely terrible in games exclusively broadcast by ESPN+. Plus. I am happy to say, because I got the release from ESPN um, this uh, afternoon, that Leia Hexel will be nowhere near the broadcast, so mm. you can at least listen to this one in English. My I gosh. believe it's... Yeah. Sheesh. And then, on the 22nd, bring the kids! Bring your friends who love mascots! or just have a nice afternoon because it's a 1 p.m. start as the Devils host San Jose, a team that's looking to enter a rebuild. Uh, Please win that one at least. You know, (sighs) if nothing else, if it goes awry, it's not going to ruin your night because your night has yet to begin at that point. The game will end around 3.30 or so. So that's the week coming up. You got Anaheim at home, Islanders on the road, San Jose at home, If the Devils were as good as many people were hoping, we could talk about maybe you win two out of three of those games. They could still do that, Dan. Mm -hmm. They could even win all three if, if things go the right way. But based on the first two games of the season, Dan, I'm not really that
1: confident about anything. Oh, I'm so sad already. But hopefully, you know, two games is two games. It's early. We noticed that 10 games last year was too early to say that they were good. Things can always turn around and we're all hoping they do, but uh, it hasn't been encouraging so far. So hopefully something changes in short order uh, and dramatically. All right. What else we have for this one? Is that all?
0: Yeah, I- I'm good. I-, I-, I can't go any further. There- there's <laughs> always more I could talk about, but... There's and actually one take that I, I I'm I was hesitant to I'm hesitant to bring up, but I'm probably going to be hesitant to bring up on. Um,
1: OK, Th- let's I'm leave it for now. That. Let's see if we want to save it for any changes that possibly happen this week. <laughs> yeah. All right. That being said, then thank you all again for listening. We'll catch you next time with hopefully better news. Man, this really does sound like every other episode, huh? But hopefully they turn things around. It's still early, at least, and they're not out of it yet. And we're going to say that every time. Oh, God. All right. Let's go devils. Bye-bye.